0: My pal Tyler Stewart is here. Tyler Stewart, drummer for the Bare Naked Ladies and uh, now in the Canadian Music Hall of Fame. Tyler, thanks for doing me this solid and coming in.
1: Well, Cal, now that I'm in the Hall of Fame, maybe it's esteemed pal? Yes,
0: I'll go with esteemed. All right. I'll go with esteemed. How's that horrible uh, mocha I made for you going down?
1: You know, uh, well, you, you offered me a coffee, and I, like most people, love to be caffeinated, especially when you're on Talk Radio 640. Yeah. Gl- global News Story Radio 640. Toronto. Um, but, uh, you know, your main man there, he said, the coffee's bad, but if you mix it with hot chocolate, so it's the half and half thing. Yeah. And ironically, I'm half and half myself you know half yeah, uh, black half white so it. there you go boom
0: so you're happy with i'm, that.
1: I'm drinking myself it's delicious
0: <laughs> yeah okay i get it um so let's talk about what went down uh the junos bare naked ladies closed the junos i uh, it was uh a really uh it was an emotional performance that's for sure i want to uh, let's start off with the closer and no brainer to play a million dollars yes why one week how long did it take you to you know <laughs> sift through you know 12 albums worth of music and perform that
1: well, it's our biggest hit. I mean, you know, it was a number one single in the United States and Canada. Uh, you know, it sold millions of copies. So I think that's that it just won out. Uh, analytics, you know, I'm a big hockey fan. And now, yeah. you know, there's the numbers guys, the, the, you know, the eye test, and then there's the numbers guys. So... We did a demographic research
0: project. you did not. Yeah,
1: it came back that one week yeah. was the song we had to play. Is that right? No, yeah.
0: <laughs> not at all. Come on, were you guys drunk? Were
1: you just... No, man. It's like, it's a great song. It is a great song. And it also has the... the but co- there's so
0: many great songs. Like you could have done Old Apartment, sure, of course. Brian
1: Wilson. But it has uh, co-lead vocals. Right? Okay.
0: And that's what you wanted to do because you yeah, wanted to, to they, feature Steven and Ed because yeah. you guys had got back together with Steven for this reunion show.
1: Exactly. How was that? That was great. That was really, you know, it was like riding a bike, right? You know, you never forget how to ride a bike. Um, and so we got together at the rehearsals, had a lot of laughs, ate a lot of snacks. It was just like the old times. Mm-hmm. Bare Naked Ladies rehearsals always consist of, you know, maybe going through a couple of songs and then taking a break and snacking. There's always a good vegetable tray. Uh
0: have have the snacks evolved as you've aged? Because <laughs> yeah. I mean you're wearing you're wearing a Gucci scarf. Tyler yeah. I went to school with, uh, I don't know. I, I think you'd get something from Bargain Heralds back in the day.
1: Yeah, Bargain Heralds, nice. I'll take uh 1980s value stores for two hundred, <laughs> Alex. Uh, that's great. Yeah. Actually, no, it was at Shoprite. Yeah. I picked it up. Um Yeah. Uh I think snacks the, sna- the snacks evolving snacks. I'm gonna say there's probably instead of like ranch dip. There's hummus now. Mm-hmm. Perhaps maybe a caramelized onion hummus. Okay. So yes, the snacks have evolved.
0: Oh, right. They, there's no little, uh, those little piggies in a blanket and none of that going on? Oh,
1: now, you see, now that kind of stuff, the comfort food and, uh-huh. and snacks, it's coming back into vogue.
0: And know it is. I'm, su- I'm
1: surprised there's like not a corn dog restaurant.
0: It's, it'll be coming. Now that you said it, yeah. the demand's out there. Tyler Stewart wants a, a corn dog restaurant. It'll be happening. You need
1: a beard and a banjo to get in.
0: It's almost, uh, it's almost like it's going to happen. I can, I can almost uh, hear the hipster right now getting <laughs> ready, working out the business plan, <laughs> taking a clip of this, this show. Here you go. Yep. This guy will come. Um, I, w- I love the, the thank you song when you guys accepted the induction into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame. If you didn't see it at the Juno's, here's a little taste of it.
2: Robin and Chris Stapleton, Finn and the best crew in rock and roll. All our managers, past and present: Terry, Dan, Jordan, Nige, Pierre, Allison, <laughs> Larry, Webman, Jeff, Craven, Feldman, and my managers, Ray and Cynthia,
1: Andrew Glickman, got <laughs> Danteloo, Steve Kane, and <laughs> our Warner family: Jason, Jason, Jason Priestley, Priestley
2: please. <laughs> Sarah
1: McLaughlin, <McLachlan>, Getty Lee, Seymour <laughs> Stein, Howie Klein. With
0: Tyler Stewart from the Bare Naked Ladies, oh, uh, who man. was inducted into the uh, Canadian Music Hall of Fame on Sunday at the Juno Awards. So, is that the first time you've heard that since it actually happened?
1: Yeah, I've been scared to go back because we kind of fell off the horse halfway through. But um, it's
0: charming, no?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. I mean, this song, we rehearsed it a bunch of times. Then we had to cut the speech back because, you know, um, we had done a rehearsal. And there's a like the video pack and Getty Lee. Mm-hmm. Let me just put an exclamation point on that. Getty Lee introducing us, um, and but it was too long. And John Brunton, the producer, great producer from uh, Insight Productions, and he's done all the Junos over the years. We worked with him a ton of times. He came over to us and said, "Guys, we got to cut it short." You know, and we're all, okay, yeah. and like don't you know Ed said, "Don't cut the entertainment." You now this is, this is entertaining. People are going to want to see this. Yeah. And John's like, yeah, I agree. But you guys have more time than frickin' Buble has to host the show. <laughs> so we said, oh, okay. Thanks, John. That was <laughs> put it in perspective for us.
0: So how do you take 30 years of thank yous and distill them into one little song? Like, is there, any, listening to that again, I could see, and I don't know if anybody else caught this, but I could see your lip moving because you're kind of singing along and you're you know, quietly in your head along yeah. with it. Was there anybody that you noticed that you went, oh, no, I left them out? Like Alan Carter, whose yeah, floor Alan you Carter, slept on.
1: Alan Carter, whose floor I slept on. No, it was uh, amazing to try to distill all the important people. And also, you know, we each got to say a, a massive 20 seconds of thank yous as well. And what you realize is that, you know, it's your one chance to actually thank your wife and your, your children for... Being patient enough to let you do this for thirty years, you know for leaving home and being away and you know constantly uh being away from your family um without their patience, we can't do it so' it's actually like at first we weren't gonna I was just gonna thank all the families and all the children off the top, and then we realized um. Actually we just felt the the feel of a frying pan on the backs of our heads. Um, <laughs> That's when we not walked
0: <laughs> dated reference coming from nineteen sixty
1: <laughs> not <a> year earlier, <laughs> not, 50. You Alice <laughs> Alec, I'm gonna you take go to the pool? four hundred. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, I think we actually got a chance to thank the people who are really integral to the story. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people behind the scenes of bare naked ladies who work really hard all the time for us. Um so that was a good chance in front of the whole nation to thank them.
0: You know, I I just want to bring up the fact that you um you thanked your parents off the very top, and you said, you know, when you thanked your wife and kids, uh, you, you know, you have to step away for so long, and all that they give up. I'm obviously paraphrasing here, and this is what I got from that: all that they give up so that you can, you know, be your best you. Yeah. Uh, is it different from another job? Do you think because you're with your band is like the naked Ladies are like a family, right? um so you're away with a family and you leave a family behind at home do you think it's easier to be an abandoned step away and be on like a business trip than it is for someone else that's you know working in a totally different profession i know it's a weird uh hypothetical to give you or just a weird scenario to give you because you you only know being in a band
1: yeah well i think as a parent kelly as a parent Uh as a father um (laughs) i I, i'd have to say it's probably the same across the board Mm. you know um one of the things I always say is that, you know, when my dad went to work, uh, you know, at 8 a.m. every morning or 7.30 a.m. and didn't get back till six at night and was tired and burnt. And we sat down at the dinner table and, you know, if we were lucky, he, would, he had a good day and we can, you know, we chatted a bit. But mostly he was starving and a little bit tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm not to say that he was he was a great dad. But at the same time, um, you know, he was away set, uh, five days a week um all day so you know he wasn't a big part of my weekly life um in a rock band you may go on tour for four to six weeks although we've honed that down now we've got the magic number to two weeks because everybody just gets too crispy on both sides really you know every two weeks we get home no matter even if we're across (laughs) the country we'll fly home for two days or whatever um but we're lucky we can do that yeah um but you know then when i'm off the road i'm actually home i'm in my house You know, um, I'm there when the kids wake up. I might be sleeping still, (laughs) but uh, I'm there and I, I, you know, I can contribute on a, on a basis, like weekly basis kind of thing. So, you know, six and one half does the other. I think in general, I'm thankful that my family knows I love my job and they totally, they never complain. Mm. Occasionally I'll get some tears when I leave. And that's when I just carve my heart out and hang it on the <laughs> front doorstep. Yeah,
0: I hear you. We're talking with Tyler Stewart from the Bare Naked Ladies. We'll be right back. I just want to take a quick break, and then we'll ask Tyler Stewart what it's like to hear Getty Lee say some incredible words about the work he does on a two-week basis throughout the year. Is that right, Tyler? Right? Two. I'm right. Two just weeks. two weeks
1: a year now. Yeah. All right. That's right, we'll
0: be right back. It's Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. <laughs> Tyler Stewart's here from the Bare Naked Lady. Sees the drummer in the band, also my esteemed friend. Now that he's in the Canadian Music Hall of Fame, and uh, is looking at me, you know, from two feet away, where he
1: could, you know. <laughs> no, that's 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 good. Very imposing. Use the, the proper nomenclature.
0: Is that a uh, Gucci scarf you're wearing, my friend?
1: It is. It is a Gucci scarf, and nice. I I wore it at the Junos. And when you called me to see if I would come in, you said wear the scarf, and uh, as and like any good husband, uh, I just do what the you know the host slash wife The little lady says (laughs) all
0: right i got you getty lee uh brought you up to give you the award uh, the award here's what he had to say
1: something that i believe flies under the radar with bnl is what effing great musicians they all are each with their own terrific grasp of their instruments it is an honor to induct these guys into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame.
0: Now, people that listen to the show a lot, Tyler, will know I joke about Rush because I understand that they're incredible musicians. But I also, as a woman, say they're kryptonite for the vagina.
1: Absolutely. You um, want all the you want all the women to leave the room? Put the Rush yeah, on. Yeah. yeah. So uh,
0: I say that respectfully. Uh, what is the band's relationship with Rush? And when you heard that, how did it make you feel? Because I saw you smile and it was very authentic here now.
1: It might be. an it, Well, it is. It's an actual palpable dream come true. It is, it was the best thing ever to have those guys, to have Getty Mm -hmm. uh, induct us. Rush to us growing up were gods, you know. Um, Neil Peart on drums, you know, he, I emulated Neil because he had the huge drum kit and he played complex and crazy parts. For a while I did that too, you know, I tried to anyway. Mm -hmm. Everyone tries to be Neil, they never do it. Um, And, you know, just... They are the prototypical Canadian band, unsung in a lot of ways. You know, never made the cover of Rolling Stone, never won a Grammy. You know, they won some Junos, but popular all over the world, hugely popular, with a devoted, obsessive fan base who know every drum lick, every part. Um, we've been lucky enough to meet these guys over the years, you know, uh, as part of the music community. We've seen them play. We've played with them. Um, all kinds of great things have happened between Russian bare-naked ladies, but still, uh, at the Junos, when Getty was saying those words, I I was so overwhelmed. I'm still I'm still overwhelmed. Look at me, I'm like a mess.
0: Do you get to decide who inducts you?
1: Well, we had a list of people who we'd like.
0: Well, don't leave the people you left off. Don't don't tell us who they are because
1: I can't tell you. Yeah, but we had a list of people that we really enjoy. Right, and. Uh, People who are central to our story. One guy you could, I can just say is Jason Priestley. Right. Because you know, he was our, our pal in the day. He came to all our shows when we played in Los Angeles. He directed a video of ours. He had us on 90210. He made a documentary what film. What was that like? That was amazing.
0: Cause you are a really good actor. Um, which people don't know. Have you done a lot? Of, have you done anything? Or do you ever think, you know, when I saw you walk on stage, I thought, oh, that's something that, that's not really tapped into yet. Tyler, you know, moving over into doing some <laughs> interesting, you know, TV work.
1: Ah, uh, the acting. Yeah. Acting. Well, Kelly. No, I, I think um, I, it's something we're all interested in in the uh-huh. band. Um, but it's hard work being an actor. You know, it's hard. What we we tend to be, you know, ourselves when we're on stage and that's a, that's not, that's not a character. That's just who we are. Um, So if we get the chance, that'd be great. But, but Priestley, you know, in the day, he's such a gregarious guy. Like he's so um, outgoing and funny and, loud and he was like us you know he's like the sixth bare naked lady in some Mm -hmm. ways
0: oh i thought you were talking about you and i okay
1: (laughs) well like us too kelly yes because we have we were in a group too together we'll get to that um (laughs) will we (laughs) yes we will get to that anyway um jason early days totally you know took us under his wing Mm. he's the kind of guy we said well you know our last music video we spent four hundred thousand dollars on it and we we weren't happy, we just didn't like it go, "Buddy, please, <laughs> you know I'll make your next video I'll edit it, I'll shoot it, I'll edit it I'll walk into m t v and said, "Hi, I'm Jason Priestley, put this on the air, and you know what, buddy? they will, and we were like, "Okay, okay, and lo and behold, <laughs> that happened that yeah. was the old apartment that's correct,
0: yeah, and it yeah. was that is was your breakthrough song to get into the states i- w- I want to just talk about that, you know this there was this moving tribute to Gord Downey at the um, Juno's Sarah Harmer Incredible. Um, I just wanted to weep when she sang Introduce Yourself. In fact, you know, it really punctuated. You know how people say there's a good song and then someone will take that song and sing it and you'll hear something in it that you never heard before. And this is not to diminish Gord Downey's work on Introduce Yourself. It's his story. Yeah. Uh, But wow, I finally kind of got it with her singing it, what Gord was trying to do. And it was, you know, it was such a, it's such a powerful song. And then Dallas Green uh, also helped out with a tribute. You know, what, what is it about the Bare Naked Ladies that help you connect with audiences across the border when people like Gord Downey, who, you know, we celebrate here as one of our heroes. Uh, they just didn't connect that to the tragically, Hip. not the same way. I mean, they have their fan base, but it's just not the same.
1: Really? You think, you, I think, I think, the tragically hip.
0: Uh, In states. Like oh, you're stateside. talking about the United I'm States. I'm talking about I'm the sorry. United States. That's crazy. I, did yeah. I
1: misconstrued that? I shouldn't have. Um, first of all, to your point about Sarah Harmer singing that song, she's such an incredible singer. She's like Canada's Amy Lou Harris, oh. you know, kind of like she yeah. She can sing with anybody, but she also has this singular incredible voice. She's also an amazing songwriter. Um, I'm a huge fan of Sarah. And the fact that Kevin... Hearn from our band was playing piano mm-hmm. with her on that. And Kevin also played with Gord in the secret path band. Uh, that was, you know, incredible, incredibly moving to still be a part of that. And, you know, it was right before our induction into the hall of fame. So we all had to wipe our, like literally clean our faces off cause we were weeping. And, and then, and then to have Getty talk about us and all of the pack and everything. So when I went on stage, I was on the way to the stage and I just leaned into Steve Page and I said, I, how, I'm i a mess. I'm not going to be able to speak. And that's the first time that he said to me, I'm not crying. You're crying. You know, and what she said on stage. Right. Eventually. But anyway, going back to the hip, I think in the United States, there's a lot of bands who, you know, are on their on their kind of bandwidth uh, that kind of sound like them. REM, for instance, right. is, is a band. Michael Stipe. Sure. And and also just I think there's a lot of they had a rocking maybe Southern roots influence in their music. Yeah. And there's a lot of that in the United States. I think that's probably what prevented them from uh, truly taking off there. Plus the fact uh, the lyrics are very... um, Evocative of Canada, I think. But so
0: are Barenaked Ladies lyrics. I mean, you have. I mean, yes, you can transport it a little bit. It's funny. Easier. I think.
1: I think people think we're Canadian or relate to us as Canadians because of our the way we presented ourselves in the early days, like regular geeky guys, quirky. Yeah, and, and also yeah. just like guys you might have gone to school with or something.
0: Do you know? I have never seen you guys since you really, really made it. I saw it the la- the only time I've seen you guys live. Beyond like interviewing you guys here and there, the only time I've ever seen you, the Diamond.
1: The Diamond, Which is the Phoenix, Phoenix which is probably not
0: long for this world in Toronto. And that's where you were, that quirky band, which, you know, we saw the other day with your thank you.
1: Well, Kelly, first of all, this interview is over. What? Uh, I've been waiting for my backstage passes. Yeah, hey, who do dude, you think should be more upset You haven't seen us since 1991. No. no. Wow. Okay. So, my good friend, my esteemed <laughs> friend, Tyler Stewart, I don't know anything about his career, but he's here right now. <laughs> Listen, you know, come busting on. Busting my
0: proverbial balls. <laughs> is everybody seeing this? Just take out the sledgehammer. Yes. Here it is. They're gone. Presenting myself to you. Um what's been the most unexperi- uh, unexpected experience being part of the Bare Naked Ladies?
1: Well, I think um you know for for the average guy in a rock band, first of all you're freaking out that you even made it or that you get to do it.
0: Do you freak out on a daily basis still? You wake up and go, "Oh, hit me my Gucci scarf." What?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not so much at home. I don't well, I freak out at home because I have three daughters, you know demanding things of me. (laughs) Uh, That's more than, you know, but actually I'm on stage. I have those moments where I'm like, wow, Holy crap. This is amazing. When someone's sitting, you know, an audience of, you know, 8,000 people are singing at the top of their lungs and taking over your song. Or if I had a million dollars comes on and the whole room starts to have a a party and it's like, wow, I'm so tired of playing this song. But every time I play it, people feel good. Oh Yeah so we have to do it every night i think the you know every band every guy like from your first gig in a club where you know the band is tight and the you know there's like maybe five people in the audience but they're into it that is all that's incredible and so if you if you're lucky each high keeps happening and so you don't really stop to think about it you just you're on to the next and mm-hmm. i i i feel like that was the first 20 years of my career
0: mm-hmm.
1: where i just didn't take a minute even
0: to take it all in
1: yeah and
0: so now you're taking it in
1: way more now you know and I think it's probably because the band is in a, a really happy place you know since 2009 as the four piece we've really worked and strove to be together to give each other space and respect each other and to fire on all cylinders together and so I really feel like it's a group it's a band effort now and so I think that has allowed all of us to take more space on the stage mm. and to take in more because we're more comfortable and relaxed, and we trust each other.
0: How have you evolved as a band member then?
1: Well, for me, I think I uh, I, I do more. I'm more involved. I sing more. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more involved in the you know the vision. I think of the group than I was early on. Um, also, I just try to be more respectful of my, my bandmates. And I feel lucky. I work with three incredibly talented and generous guys. Like, they, those guys, they're amazing singers and songwriters. Uh, they're great players, and they're like brothers to me, you know? And I think that's what I actually appreciate now more than all the other stuff, is that we can come into a room and make magic and respect each other.
0: Do you feel like you don't have to um, be Tyler Stewart at all times, Tyler Stewart the drummer? Because I noticed you you made a you, you uh, sent a shout out to teammates on the Joker's Hockey Club. Yeah, I mean, was that that's pretty intimate when you're you know getting into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame and you mention your hockey team? I mean, it, it really shows that you are also just a guy.
1: Yeah, I guess you know, and that I, I think that room full of hockey players who are mostly stand up or sketch comedians. And a few other drummers who think they're comedians, um, myself included. Um, I those guys are they're like another team that I'm on, like or another sorry they're like another band that I'm in. that's yeah. what I mean, another family. Yeah, they're they're very much uh, guys who I love to be around and who bring out the best in me. I'm not the greatest hockey player in the world by any means. But when I'm on the ice... What do you play? I play forward, left wing.
0: Wow. Well, you have to be okay. Or either that yeah. or, or the Jokers... Uh, what do they call it? the Jokers hockey club? Suck.
1: Well, yeah. Because the, they can't we play... Don't, the, you,
0: if you're crappy and you're forward.
1: yeah, We're two-time WHA, uh, you know, champions. Uh, you know, exclaim, that, the cup champions. Uh, it's, so I think, um, you know, those guys, they always... They never tell me I suck. You know, and I'm out there... Probably about 65,000 plates of chicken wings ago, I was a really good <laughs> hockey player. Um, but, uh, you know, um, yeah. and, hey. we, we get together, we laugh, yeah. we do fun things, we make fun of each other and, and everyone else. It's just the greatest dressing room in the world. So I think they, they're a big part of who I am. They help me be Tyler Stewart. Mm. And not just Tyler Stewart, the drummer or the dad. That's got to be
0: challenging, too. Let's face it. I mean, there was a time when we went to school together. We went to Ryerson together. And, you know, we were quite close in a, in a group of people. And then you went away and did your thing. And it was almost like, well, we didn't talk. Right. I didn't see you. And, and the last time we saw each other was, unfortunately, at a, a memorial for a friend's funeral. And that's when we actually just... Yeah. Or Tyler and Kelly again.
1: Yeah, right. Hanging right. out. I mean. Although I do recall a uh, meeting up with a, a certain Kelly Dean oh, in Victoria at one point, uh, you know, um, perhaps uh, doing an interview. I, she looked a lot like you. Like got, was, you know what I'm yeah. getting?
0: I'm getting the times up and I wish I was <laughs> kidding. I'm not. You know what we're going to do? You can make up your mind right now. I'm Joseph not putting f. you on f. the Kelly spot. You can hang out. We're going to go through a, f- a few news items mm-hmm. and we're going to riff on those. You can hang out or you can choose to leave.
1: You know what? It's not so bad being in the same room as you. Okay. So you look a out. lot like Kelly Dean and I, I thought <laughs> she was hot. She was she was really hot. I had a crush on her.
0: You did not. I totally did. All right, flattery will get you everywhere. We're coming back with Tyler Stewart and some trending topics. Global News Radio, six forty Toronto. Yep, Chris Creston's here, Rob's here, and Tyler Stewart from the Bare Naked Ladies is here as well. Guys, um, according to the city treasurer. We have a substantial drop in the number of parking tickets handed out last year. And, you know, it might be reason to celebrate off the hop, but uh, the city now wondering how they're going to make up for lost parking revenue. And they're saying, you know, that maybe it's because we haven't we don't have enough uh, cops out on the beat giving out tickets. I think it's all about that Green Pea parking app.
1: Yeah, it's just like Uber, I guess, you know, kind of taking away revenue from the cab industry. It's a user-friendly situation. I just use the Green P app. Parking Mm -hmm. here in front of Global News Radio six forty (laughs) Toronto, and uh, you know it works for me. Now tell me something. How are they losing money though? Are they not? Well,
0: they're not getting ticket revenue.
2: So if you're using that ticket app, if you're using the Green P app rather, you can go and now say I'm getting my haircut, and I'm thinking, oh, geez, I'm still in the chair. And my t- my parking's almost up. I can go and add more money to it rather than them coming along and giving me a I forty dollar ticket. Yeah. Right? You can do. You don't have to actually physically go out. Exactly. And uh, add more. Whereas before, change. I would I would run the risk. Right? You would think, oh, maybe no one will come along and uh, and ticket me. But now I can just update it and I've got that insurance. So you know, I'm, I'm call- spending I'm a little. Tyler more. calling
1: for Oakville. I think these computers are taking over. They ruined everything. I think uh, what we should do is probably smash the computers and go back to. Uh, to coin operated things, and while we're at it, can we get uh can we get speakers' corner installed i I don't like these uh, video cabs that everybody has amen, <laughs> apparently
0: some of the we're worried now because you know, the end of the city has got to find the revenue somewhere, Tyler, and if you're a resident in the city of Toronto, uh get ready yeah, pro- to- yeah
1: your property tax will probably well, increase. Uh, you know what I think? Mm. I, honestly, you know, they abandoned it, and I'm going to be like the pariah man for saying this. Mm. That idea of toll roads, oh, to, to use toll roads in the city.
0: You brought up the idea of hitting somebody with a frying pan. Where's the frying pan? <laughs> I have to commute. No. Clang. Turn his mic off.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, move to the city, Kelly. Yeah. With all the, I, listen, I all
0: lived the in, cool the city. Kids live I in the lived city. I lived in the city. Yeah. And uh, I picked the wrong area of the city where the kids are entitled and they soup up their cars and they sound like this. Boom. <laughs>
1: Non-stop. It, I love it when a Honda Civic goes yeah. from being a, you know, a crappy little car to a souped up crappy little car. <laughs> <laughs> but you just hear it and you're impressed. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow, that guy. I'm so turned on right <laughs> exactly. now. Oh, my God. That guy must be amazing.
0: <laughs> I know that all, you know, I know Tyler and I uh, were Gen Xers. So we spent a lot of time in front of the TV when we were kids. That's true. trivia, huge, right? Roseanne Barr returned to uh, the television on Tuesday, two decades after the original series hit its end. I didn't watch Roseanne a lot because I think we were in university at the time, Yeah, and we weren't doing a lot of TV watching back then, (laughs) that I recall. A lot of time at the library, the Imperial Library Pub, (laughs) if I do remember. (laughs) That's correct.
1: correct. Uh, You know what? I did watch a bit of Roseanne back in the day. I loved it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought it was... You know, you don't see very many shows about regular working class people or fil- or films for that matter. I just saw Florida, uh, Florida Project. Mm-hmm. Incredible. as That's about poor people. And, you know, I, I, there's a lot of movies about and TV shows about killers and, you know, incredibly rich people or beautiful people, but there isn't shows about kind of regular families. Mm-hmm. I remember one Roseanne episode was um, the girl, I think it was Becky, like farted in class. <laughs> remember that was the it a
0: yoga ep- class yeah the, whole, <laughs> the yeah.
1: whole episode was about her farting and how mortified she was right that's cool yeah you know and i mean that's regular it, stuff that's, that's real people can relate to that well exactly. that's
0: what they're saying now apparently uh 18 million people tuned in to that roseanne Barr debut the new show uh will and grace also had a reboot 10.1 million tuned into real will and grace i know that eric mccormack loves the band because he yes uh,
1: he's a friend of mine yeah. uh, he's He's amazing. What I love about Eric is he's gone on and done a bunch of stuff, right? Yep. Uh, you know, successful on Broadway, uh, has done, you know, Travelers, that series he's doing. But Will and Grace, for some reason, really struck a chord with people. I love that it came back. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Like, and it's, they look like they're having fun. It's not like, oh, we got to go back and do this again.
0: I don't think you go back unless you're having fun. True. You know, not when you're an actor.
2: Or, you f- right? or you've forgotten why you weren't having fun.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, listen, speaking of having exactly. fun, sometimes it's good to be first to get, get you into the history books. Um, but this case, not so much. The first case of untreatable super gonorrhea has been reported in Uh-oh. the UK. Imagine being this guy contracted the sexually transmitted disease. He's believed to be the first in the world to uh, have this disease that resists antibiotic treatment after sexual contact with a woman in Southeast Asia. It gets better, fellas. He is a regular female partner in the UK. She's tested negative, but this is becoming a big problem, according to the World Health Organization, and health officials now trying to trace the man's previous sexual partners to try and contain the spread. That is an email I don't want in my box.
1: Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) Kelly Contrera with the segue. (laughs) Uh, I, <laughs> I don't know. How to and follow you don't that. listen to this show. <laughs> yeah.
0: Wow, times are changing. Yes.
1: A super gonorrhea. Super gonorrhea. Wow. Not just regular gonorrhea. Super. Wow. Okay, super. well extreme gonorrhea. <laughs> now an improved. Um I think that is that's terrible. I mean that's that story is just it's not a story.
0: It is a story. It's that, a real
1: story. That I want to even
2: contemplate. I think the lesson is that yeah. we, we must practice safe sex when traveling around the world and having sex with strange women. But
0: you know who I feel, sorry, with this, the second guy? Because he doesn't even have a claim to fame. He's just the second guy in the world to get super gonorrhea.
2: Not so super gonorrhea. That's <laughs> kind of, he. What's super gonorrhea's
1: sidekick name? I don't
0: know. Tyler?
1: Uh, that would be uh, the fabulous syphilis. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, we're going to take a break. 242, let's get into the road. 640 Toronto, Chopper Traffic with Richard Martin. I let you have that one. That was, woo. got to clear the room for the stink.
1: That's so good.
0: Hey, Rich, let's do the traffic. All right, uh, Chris Creston's here, Rob Trevisan's here, and my uh, esteemed friend, pal, uh, Tyler Stewart from the Bare Naked Ladies is here as well. Guys, I just want to de- deviate a little bit here because there's, uh, I don't know if you believe in UFOs. Uh, I believe that the universe is very big, so I don't know what exists out there. I'm going to have an open mind about it. But there was a UFO sighting in Arizona. A couple of pilots reported seeing uh, UFOs flying over them in Arizona, and they alerted the FAA. Have a listen to the audio. Hi. I don't know what it was. It wasn't an airplane, but it was. The path was going off the direction. Hey, it's merging 1095. Yeah, something just passed over. So, uh,
1: back I Don't know what it was, but it's. At least 2-3,000 feet above us, so yeah, I pass right over the top of us. Okay, American 1095, thank you. And center, 1755, in 320. And uh, Delta 1755, Albuquerque Center. An American 1095, can you tell if it was uh, in motion or just uh, hovering? Make it out whether it was a balloon or whatnot, but it was just really beat their flight or uh, had a big reflection on it several thousand feet above us going opposite directions.
0: Answer me this. They're supposed to be flying a plane. Why does it sound like they're driving in a pickup truck drinking beer? (laughs) Right? (laughs) I mean, it's kind of crazy. (laughs) Yeah, and this was near Albuquerque. And the only time, this is my first introduction. Anytime I hear the Albuquerque, this is what I think of.
2: I knew I should have made a left
1: join at Albuquerque. I'm
2: Eagle. not alone. Oh. Always. The Always. It's like
0: Los Angeles to me. <laughs> all right, get rid of that.
1: Um <laughs> a left join. But,
0: yeah, so it's uh, it's Maybe there. Maybe it
1: was like, mm-hmm. you know, bugs in a spacecraft going mm-hmm. the wrong way. Um, I, That sounds pretty real. I mean, these mm-hmm. guys, you know, they the, the thing about air traffic uh, control talk is that you, none of it is hysterical ever. First of all, there's protocol. No. There's a... You know, there's a cadence that you use. Uh, I know this from Ed being a pilot and him talking about it a lot. Did um, you ever
0: fly with him? Yes. Ed Robertson from the Bare Naked Ladies. Yes,
1: I have flown with him. I flew okay. once to his cottage uh, after we had done a recording session in Toronto, and I, I was going to meet my family up there, and he had a seaplane and flew me in, and... That's when I realized he wrote the songs and I played the drums.
0: <laughs> yeah, you get a little more money. That, that's correct. Perhaps. <laughs>
1: but yeah. no, it, it, you know, I think these guys, it, it sounds real. I mean, mm. if they can't explain it as well, unless it's some a drone or... Or something. I don't know how fast it was well, flying. Well,
0: the weather balloon thing is coming up again. I don't know how many. Uh, why do they always say weather balloon? Like, you think we would see a lot. I've never even seen a weather balloon. <laughs> you yeah, <Even> a- <laughs> think the sky would be lousy
2: with weather balloons. Yeah, what, what do weather balloons even do? It's a do? big, yeah. shiny, uh, silver balloon that flies up in the air carrying weather measuring But aren't we past
0: that now? It's 2018. Have the, you ever uh, seen one even at the
1: window of a plane or something? Never. No. Never. I've never seen
2: never. one either. They're no. made up. That's the conspiracy. Exactly. There's no weather balloons. Plenty of aliens.
0: What he's saying. Listen to this. Uh, so the uh, this is a crazy story. Out of the it's opening day for the Jays. Right. They're going to play the New York Yankees. Four o five. First pitch. Are you a Jays fan, Tyler? Yes. Okay. Do you have to say that because you're a Torontonian?
1: No, but I you know in the last couple of years I, I'm a bit of a bandwagoner because okay. they've been good for three years. But I'm I'm in.
0: Do you remember when they won the World Series? Were you were you one of the people at Ryerson? We were running up and down Young Street like crazy.
1: It was nuts. nuts? It, it was, was crazy, man. That was that a was wild moment. It was the best. And I'll, of course, I'm more of a hockey fan, so it made me fantasize that if the Leafs did it, I think mm-hmm. people would be running up and down the street like naked, no clothes <laughs> on, you know, on fire. And would it be you? Yes.
0: <laughs> if the Jays won, and,
1: and, I mean, not the Jays, the Leafs or the Leafs. I The apologize. Leafs won, yeah. But, yeah, so what's going on with the Jays?
0: Well, okay, so the Jays are basically getting a cut from online scalpers. This was a CBC and Toronto Star investigative report. And what they did was journalists began to monitor online ticket resellers when they noticed that about 3,500 opening day seats were available on StubHub. And this is weeks before they went on sale at the box office. How, you ask? That's a good question. Like, how are second-party sellers getting tickets before they're even on sale from the ball team? Okay, so they followed these, and they found out that the Toronto Blue Jays receive a secret commission on every ticket sold on StubHub, and about 45% of all the stadium seats for the opening game today were posted for sale online, on resell platforms, on reselling platforms. So, I mean, the average price, by the way, was 205% face value.
1: Wow. So they're in on it. It's kind of like the concert business, Kel, you know, where... Ticket bots and reselling organizations were outselling, you know, Ticketmaster and and some of the larger companies. And what happened is that they just bought them, right? So StubHub is affiliated, I believe. Yeah, well. So I think that's the back door now is that, uh, well, if they're going to get online and beat us with their technology, uh, then we're going to try to acquire them. If we can't acquire them, we're going to get a cut. Yeah. And instead of shutting them down, which they could go to get a court injunction to shut them down, we're going to get a cut of it.
0: But what happens uh, if a band does this? Like, I mean, say the Bare Naked Ladies decided to do that. Oh, we'll get some scalper tickets out there, and uh, and we'll get a kickback on that. People would not see the band, and by the way, they haven't. I just want to make we this haven't done very that very
1: clear. We should try it though. We might. <laughs> uh, my children might thank me when well, they for seriously. being able to go to college. But <laughs>
0: you'd never go. You'd be really. You'd be facing backlash. So, do you think that's going to happen with the Jays? Because I frankly think. It's probably not going to
1: happen. Well, I think consumer backlash, there's already a certain level of, um, you know, anger and disgust with the fact that you can't get tickets to things, particularly concerts. If you if you call one minute after they go on sale or one second, often they're all gone. And that has to do with, you know, ticket bots or organizations or mm-hmm. pre-sales. And it is ridiculous. Recently, legislation was. Yeah. Uh, tabled in Ontario to try to stop this.
0: Yes. And it goes into effect in July.
1: Okay. So finally it, it's going to happen, but it took mm-hmm. a long time. There's a lot of money to be made here, obviously, you know, and I, if I think about that Rogers center, let's say mid August, uh, you know, playing the uh, Atlanta Braves or something, it's empty. There's only, you know, 10,000 people in there and that's a huge stadium. So, you know, the Jays, bless their hearts and Rogers they got to make some money but this seems to me to be like an overt cash grab Mm. and it's also anti-fan yes because the true fans want to be there
0: and also you're here's the price of the tickets and if 45 percent of those tickets are being sold outside the box office and you're getting a cut that means the ticket price at the box office is not really the ticket price Agreed. That's you know.
2: That's the, that's the base price, and then the you can start price. bidding. basically. Yeah, and that's crazy. Tyler is someone you, you make money off of. You make your money off of people buying concert tickets. Do you feel though when you see that scalpers are making money off of it too that they, you think,
1: well, that's money I left on the table. Well, I think everybody does. You know, it, certainly, and you know, this is a supply and demand economics right. illustrate one oh one, right. Um, We see less of that kind of scalping action these days than we did, you know, let's say, you know, 1998 to 2005, where, you know, we are playing huge venues and tickets are hard to come by. Um, I think the Toronto Maple Leafs is a good example uh, because you can't get tickets for that. Mm -hmm. And there's always sometimes, you know, in the past I've bought from scalpers because there's no seats, you know, and these guys have their ins and they do it. Um, ultimately, it's a black market, right? So, or gray market. Mm-hmm. Which is making it, it
0: really tough for true fans that don't have a lot of money to go and enjoy.
1: Exactly. That's too bad. I can't get concert tickets anymore be, unless I use connections that I have in this business. It's kind of futile to get online and try to, for my daughter's That is instance. bizarre. Yeah. You know, Imagine no, it's that. true. And it's why wouldn't you use
0: your contacts, actually?
1: <laughs> well, you know, uh, that my contact, I have one. Okay. Uh, they, <laughs> he's She's been great. <laughs> She's, she really helps me Start out. Start buttering
0: her up. You never know when yeah. you're going to need something, Tyler. Uh, do we have time to do the Creston's Cuts? Let's do it. All Chris Creston. Chris uh, scours the internet for uh, sounds that he thinks will go viral or just are interesting and then brings them to us on the radio. What would you find, Chris? Well,
2: because it's Thursday and it's a throwback Thursday, I thought I'd dig into something that I played a long time ago, and this is Aussie Man. If you've never seen or heard of Aussie Man, he swears a lot, so I had to drop a couple of bleeps in there, but this is an Australian... Commentary co- doing his commentary on hockey for the first time. Let's cross back over to the tough playing ice hockey. I cannot see where this puck is going. Oh, it's hit the coach on the head. His bald, angry, head has stopped the puck. He doesn't give a toss. He is growing an entirely new person out of his face, and he cannot feel it. Meanwhile (laughs) at the soccer the coach gets hit by a piece of paper and he goes down. Game over. He is in a (laughs) load of pain. We all remember what it was like getting a paper cut when you were a kid. Imagine reliving that as a grown man. He points out the deadly object. Absolutely shocking.
0: I love that so much. Chris, nice one. Global News Radio 640 Toronto, stick around. All right, we're just about uh ready to say goodbye to my esteemed pal, Tyler Stewart, who's now in the uh, Canadian Music Hall of Fame with the Bare Naked Ladies. Tyler, it's been really fun.
1: Thank you for having me in to blather on about uh myself and other interesting things in the news.
0: I think it is interesting, and it's uh, it's a pleasure. You can come back anytime.
1: You 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 may regret that. No, I don't think I will. No, okay. I
0: do not think I will. I only regret one thing, and that was the uh, old radio name I used to go by, because Kelly now, Dean. Yeah, because now everybody knows what Classic it was. Classic
1: hit CKDA.
0: Yeah, back in the day.
1: Here's you start a little Galwin with Kelly you, Dean. <laughs> you gotta
0: get you gotta start somewhere.
1: Indeed, we all start somewhere. Yeah, I, that's yeah, right. I started with you in Cow Tools and mm-hmm. the Riot Comedy Show at Ryerson in the 80s and uh, I had a lot of fun doing comedy sketches with you and all the other crazy people in that group
0: yeah it was a good time it and was a good time. Uh,
1: so now all these years later here we are on radio and you're funnier than I am and I'm really really jealous
0: I don't even know what to say to that because I know it's not true but listen it's a, it's a <laughs> pleasure having you in and thanks for wearing the scarf that you wore The Gucci scarf.
1: I make dreams come true, Kelly. That's my job. You ask, you shall receive.
0: All right. Well, you know what? I got some favors I'll be calling in. (laughs) Tyler, have a fantastic afternoon. Thanks for coming in. Congratulations again.
1: Thank you, Kelly. Pass on
0: the congratulations to the rest of the band, too.
1: I shall.